I'm Audrey Cooper, Editor-in-Chief. I'm Damian Bulwa, Metro Editor. And this is Fifth Emission, a podcast from the San Francisco Chronicle, where we dive into the biggest stories of the day. Today, I'm joined by Catherine Ho, who covers the business of healthcare in our newsroom. Now, it's not exactly breaking news here that the Bay Area is an expensive place to live, and we've covered that trend in probably a hundred different ways. But Catherine's recent story focused on disability care programs and how they're struggling to stay open and staffed in today's current economic climate. We explain why you should care about this in today's episode of Fifth Emission. We'll be right back. Catherine Ho wrote about disability funding in the state of California. Hi, Catherine. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. It's good to be here. It's certainly not news to anyone. This is an expensive place to work. It's an expensive place to have a nonprofit. What about this story did you think was really unique? I think what stood out to me was um, how little a lot of the workers who are in the system get paid. Um, Because of our local minimum wage laws um, in Berkeley and Emeryville and some other cities, uh, they have to be paid at least $15 an hour. Um, But even that in the Bay Area doesn't get you very far. So um, a lot of these, you know, home care aides, caregivers are not making very much and they're doing a very challenging job. Um, And so some of them are having to work uh, two or three jobs to kind of make ends meet. Yeah, talk a little bit more about what kind of work they're doing, because it's it's not easy work. It's emotionally draining. It's physically draining for a lot of them, too. Yeah, some of the workers I spoke to um, do things like residential care, where they spend um, up to several hours a day uh, working with people with um, developmental disabilities. So these are things like... um, Down syndrome or um, physical disabilities as well, like cerebral palsy, where there's not a great, uh, there's not a lot of movement people have, you know, there's kind of a range, but um, helping them kind of do daily stuff around the house. Um, And then some of the behavioral programs are things for like kids on the autism spectrum. So it's more sitting down with them and working on things like communication skills and, you know, how to manage impulse control and emotions um, and develop social skills. So there's really a a broad range of, I think, skills and services um, within the disability system. So the disability system, how many people does it touch? How big is the system? In California, it's about 340,000 people that receive these kinds of services, Um, and that number is expected to grow um, every year for the next uh, several years. What's driving that increase? Some of it is people who are already in the system need some more care as they get older, Uh, and some of it is also more kids being diagnosed on the autism spectrum. So give us an idea of what kind of programs we're talking about. Are these really like key to these people's quality of life? What is it helping them do? Yeah, for um, kids, it's kind of helping them develop skills so they can um, do well in preschool um, and then kind of schooling years beyond that. And for uh, the adults, it's really helping them kind of go about their day, um, you know, being able to live independently, um, grocery shop, you know, cook, do stuff around the house. One of the things that we were talking about earlier is, you know, a lot of programs are having hard times, especially the nonprofits, but also in San Francisco, homeless services and things like that. It's a pretty common thread. There's an extra layer to this story, though, and that's 
has to do with the state and some of the cuts it made during the last recession. Can you talk about that? Yeah, a lot of the groups I interviewed about this, uh, both nonprofits and for-profits who get uh, the majority of their funding from the state, um, have all said that uh, their rates were cut uh, pretty significantly during the recession, so back in 2009, 2010, 2011. Um, And some of those cuts have been restored, but not to a level that they feel like um, should be at in order to do business here in the Bay Area. You know, you mentioned that part of the increase is being driven by kids who are being diagnosed with autism at at increasing rates. I know when my son was born, the rate was something like one in every 53 boys was getting diagnosed with autism. Why is it so critical that we treat those children at a young age who are getting diagnosed with autism where they may have not been before? Well, all the experts say kind of early intervention is very important. Um, So doing behavioral therapy a little bit younger now before they got to get to preschool age. Um, And there are also more kind of preschool programs that are geared towards kids on the autism spectrum. Um, And I think there's just greater awareness now of kind of what to look out for. Um, And so I think those are all factors. So we talked about the role the state plays in this and the role that just the very expensive Bay Area plays. What role is private insurance playing in all of this? So most of the organizations I spoke to, um, most of their clients um, are on Medi-Cal, which is the public insurance program in the state. Um, it's typically for lower income people, and it's the feds and the state that together pay for it. Um, there's kind of a, a smaller but growing uh, part of the pie for them that's covered by private insurers, and that's because a few years ago, uh, more private health plans started paying for kids um, when it came to some of these services for autism. So it's a a small but kind of growing part. So a lot of people ask us how we find out about the stories that we cover. How did you find out about this story and how did you pitch it to your editors? Well, it's kind of interesting. It, um, It originally came from a pitch by one of the nonprofits that I did end up using in the story, but kind of in a smaller way. Um, It was called uh, GatePath, and they're an organization down in the uh, peninsula. And they were announcing they were acquiring a smaller nonprofit called Abilities United. Um, And I thought, okay, well, neither of them are that big in terms of annual revenue. It was like something like $7 million and $3 million. So they're not huge organizations in and of themselves. But I spoke to their CEO just because I was kind of curious about it. And uh, he mentioned some of these factors that we talked about in the story. Um, You know, organizations really struggling to keep afloat and stay open. Um, And so that kind of sounded more interesting to me than the merger itself. So we kind of broadened out the story um, and talked to Uh, groups that were actually having to shut those programs down and kind of got more statistics from the state about uh, what was happening at the statewide level and kind of turned it into a more high-level story that had some kind of Bay Area-specific struggles. I really like that because it just shows how, as reporters, what you do is you pull on a little thread and it like leads to more thread and more thread. And pretty soon you have a story that really exemplifies how some of the most vulnerable people among us are having a hard time because of outward economic pressures in the Bay Area. So last question, 
we have a compassionate audience that listens to this podcast. What can they do to help some of the people that you wrote about? Well, some of the nonprofit groups raise money from private foundations. Um, That's not as common with the for-profit organizations, only because some foundations um, have some rules around donating their money to nonprofits versus for-profits. So I'm not advocating that you give money to any of those organizations, but that is where some of the private funding might be able to be kind of beefed up a little bit. Great. Well, Catherine, that was a really great story. Thank you for writing it. And thanks for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. Thanks to Catherine for coming on the show. And thank you for listening. Fifth Emission is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. If you like this show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.